the one thing that literally is the foundation, if you can trust your partner and partners and teammates and family members at the highest level, all the other stuff will fall into place. All right, folks, welcome to one of uh, the rap sessions that I've been so excited and looking forward to. I'm here with old friends, Tommy Choi, Josh Weinberg from Weinberg Choi Residential, powered by Keller Williams in the great city of Chicago, Illinois. My guys are consistent, consistent top 10 performers of all the realtors. And look, I joke a lot about how uh, there's an abundance of people in sales today. Well, in Chicago, there's an abundance of people in real estate. And to be top 10 year after year after year after year, that is why our podcast is dedicated to the top 1% of the top 1% and helping each other get better. Josh, Tommy, Thanks so much for carving out a little bit of time to be with us today. Listen, Manny, there's 16,000 realtors in the city of Chicago, but that's not including because the running joke is your Uber driver has their real estate license these days, right? So so it, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but hey, man, we're grateful for you. It's so great to see you. Just congrats on everything you're doing, your continued success as Thank not you. just a business person, but as a husband and as a father. You're the man. We love you, brother. Appreciate you. And uh, look, I, I want to start off with what everyone has to respond to, which is, and, and Josh knows this because he's kind enough to give me a call at least once or twice every year to just say, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. And I always love the voicemails. And joking aside, I still have them. So look, that TLC, just game changer, man. It's like handwritten notes in the lost art, right? But anyhow, when you call the voicemail on my cell phone, for those of you who have it, you know that there's three things I ask in order to return any call today. And it's, hey, what was your favorite childhood superhero? What is your favorite color? And what is your favorite afternoon snack? So Josh, kick us off. Man, okay, so I'm gonna start with snack because I think we all, I think if you can, if you're looking at Tommy and I, we might look a little bigger than we did when we saw you last time. I resemble uh, that first comment. Of all, before I, 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 do, I do jump in there, man, we appreciate you so much, man. And we're grateful for you and your positive energy and how you impact everyone's lives at a very high level. So thank you for having us all, man. It just being with you and feeling your energy uh, through the screen, although it doesn't replace in person, man, it's, it's great to be with you. So thank you. Okay, you got him, man. Um, favorite snack. I'll just say, throw this out there right now. I mean, this isn't just my favorite afternoon snack. It's my favorite like morning, afternoon fourth meal and late night snack cereal 100 man i could literally if you looked in my closet in our pantry or when you see me come home from the grocery store you'd legit think i was bringing home cereal for my kids and i am but i joke that like i brought home cookie crisp last week and my kids tried it for the first time they were loving it man so cereal for sure any cereal literally i mean golden grams cinnamon toast crunch crispix and i'll eat any cereal man um, it's true. Favorite, did you it's say true. favorite color or favorite car? I can't remember. The favorite color. Favorite color. <laughs> I'm wearing a lot of blue right now, but definitely green. I'd say like a, a forest green usually brings the color of my eyes out when I wear forest green. So see my my Michigan State Spartans. Ooh, oh, okay. Okay. Oh. I like those. Um, Shoe game, Tommy. You know I'm going to ask about oh, that yeah. later. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I love those. Were those were those Jordans? What were those? Yeah, yeah, Air Force Ones, the lows. I love those, man. Um, and then favorite superhero, man. You know, you've got I, two of them in your background. You know that, right? I would say, yeah, exactly. You know what? I was thinking, I was thinking different than like your Superman, Spider-Man type thing. Super superhero, I would say, is Michael Jordan. Um, so growing up in St. Louis, we didn't have a basketball team, right? And so, yes, I've been in Chicago for 17 years, but man, like that, that I used to watch the Bulls because of him. And I got into NBA because of, because of Jordan Pippen, like that whole, the Bulls team, I mean, he, he legit is a superhero. Like he, he could do just about, he's like Jack Bauer in 24. Like I think Jack Bauer legit could save the world. That's what I thought of Michael Jordan. So I'd say, I'd say MJ, man. I love it. The only thing that was missing in this moment was Amir Syed. <laughs> that's it that's the only thing that was it's missing. true 
It's Tommy. true. Tommy, Rocket Man, Snack Color Superhero. All right, man. Snack Color Superhero. Snack is, and it's it's modified because anyone that knows me knows that I got to take it up a, no, uh, a notch. Flaming Hot Cheetos. However, here's the thing. Flaming Hot Cheetos, you have to squirt a little extra sriracha in the bag. You shake it up. And here's the key. This is a pro tip right here. Level up. You got to use chopsticks to eat them. You know why? Your fingers turn orange when you pick up a flaming hot Cheeto. <laughs> when you eat them with chopsticks, it eliminates that. No one knows. You know, Tesha doesn't see you. My like, orange fingers goes, You were eating flaming hot Cheetos again, weren't you? Right. So that's a pro tip. But add a little sriracha or tapatio also works too. Level up your flaming hot Cheetos. My favorite color is pink. I love freaking pink like that right behind my head here, if I can point. Yeah. Pink is my favorite color. Not afraid to rock it. Uh, everything, all my accents, my suits, and and uh, you know uh, buttonholes are always pink. Pink is my favorite color. Um, superhero. Now here's the thing. I was a comic book junkie when I was a kid. Okay, and people won't consider this person a superhero, but Tony Stark, who is oh. AKA Iron Man. Everyone thinks Iron Man's a superhero, but listen, Iron Man is just a suit. Yep. Without Tony Stark, there is no Iron Man. And here's what I love about Tony Stark. He wasn't born with some sort of superpower or, or ability. He went out and just created his own, right? And that's, and that's, that's me to the T. It's like, I'm going to figure it out. I don't, need, I, I don't care if I wasn't born with it. I'll figure out how to create that suit and become Iron Man. See, that, that's, that's sweet. That, that's a... That's a incredible way of looking at that it's almost like the way i now look at keller williams and i think of weinberg Choi. love that right like anyone who's thinking about kw in chicago now is like tommy and josh it's been like the greatest pickup for them in that city when did this marriage this business matrimony start and how did you guys even know that you could run for decades together and build something so amazing. J-Dubs, tell the story. So <clears throat> about five years ago is when probably it started, the, the conversation started. And um, at the time there was one, Keller, there were multiple Keller Williams, what we call market centers, right? Offices throughout the suburbs. And there was one market center that was part of Chicago out by O'Hare. And at the time, that full like downtown, downtown, right? There weren't offices downtown. O'Hare was our downtown office. Um, and uh, over the years, some different opportunities came our way where people would reach out to us to either want to collaborate and join forces, right? Or buy us or us to run their company or to be the, go for it. Do you have a question? Well, because you're, you're going on, on 15 years now. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, and Tommy, right? Yeah. Yeah. June, June yeah. 1st, 2007. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure folks knew this is 15 years. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we started Weinberg Choi 14 years ago. Yeah, almost, yeah, going on almost 15 years. And uh, we've always come from a place of, right, masterminding with others and also like how we can, how we can share and impact their business and personal life at a high level, regardless of, we never looked at anyone as competition. We've always looked at it from the mindset of collaboration, right? So we've always been we've always been masterminding with people in our industry and still to this day do from inside KW outside any company the company doesn't matter to us if they're good human beings and we can help each other in some way. So when we were getting calls over the years to join forces or collaborate or whatever it was, we'd always take the call to see how we can help them out but we were never looking for a change we were never looking to do anything because we had a boutique brokerage right. We started in 07, which people look at us and like, you started in 07. <laughs> you know, like Tommy and I both come from super entrepreneurial backgrounds. Our parents were super supportive of us. And they're like, you know, you're about to start a real estate business and what's going to be the worst market ever. We looked, one, we were a little naive, right? Two, we looked at it as an opportunity. Um, two, we looked at it as an opportunity to do it the right way and make sure that we were impacting people's lives at a very high level. So fast forward five years ago, the opportunity came our way. We started the conversations with some of our awesome partners and some of the other top agents in, in Chicago. And uh, what we realized was is that because culture is so important to us, 
Um, we didn't even, we didn't know what we didn't know at the time about KW, to be honest. Tommy, a lot of people that Tommy knew throughout the nation that we knew throughout the nation that were really involved at the national association level with the National Association of Realtors, we started realizing we're like, wait, that person who's a leader, they're part of KW there. We're like, what's going on? There's a common trend here. So we ran this thing through the ringer because we were never looking for a move and fast forward now. And uh, yeah, we've been with KW for almost five years. And honestly, it's, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen, a, we've, we've become some, we've become and are becoming something we didn't, we, we knew what was possible, but, the, but it's bringing out, it's, we're achieving things we never thought were imaginable, yet Tommy and I have always thought really big. Yeah. Tommy, say, add to that because there's no, there's you know more. what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing is we, uh, you know, we never wanted to, for us, Weinberg Choi was an umbrella for Josh and I to do what we love doing, selling, right? Problem solving, right? Yep. Cultivating and curating relationships because that's a platform ultimately what we stand on. When we're on stage, that's what we get to perform for our audience. We, we cultivate and curate relationships and it leads to these real estate opportunities. So as we continue to scale and grow and, and, and go up the ladder in ranks, you know, naturally our phones were ringing off the hook where people were calling and looking for opportunity to either be a part of our team or be part of our brokerage. And that was when Josh and I were like, holy crap, that means one of us has to put on the CEO hat. And at the time it was like rock, paper, scissors because we didn't want to do it, right? We want to do what we love doing right? Being out in the field and just selling, closing deals. You know, to Josh's point, for us, when all these other opportunities are coming up, whether it was companies trying to buy us, right? Compass tried coming to Chicago and they threw a lot of money at us to try and uh, to buy us. And, and, you know, we actually got, we had some conversations and at the end of the day, it wasn't an alignment. And what, during that process, it really makes you look deep at yourself and figure out who are we? And what are we looking for? And who we were, were people that had, just like Josh said, right? You're not our competition. You are our community. Let's pour into each other, which goes to a mindset of abundance, right? Not scarcity. And so we were looking for a place that harbored these values that understood, hey, the pie is huge in Chicago, right? let's stop trying to be doggy dog and, and, and protect what we have and open the doors and share and uplift lift each other and raise this bar. Cause we're all going to benefit from that. And it just so happened that our buddy, he was the number one team at app properties at the time, Joe Zimmerman gave us a call said, Hey, I want to talk to you about this opportunity. And anytime you hear that word opportunity to anyone's listening, I don't care what the company or whatever it is, you always listen to that. You answer that call. That's a magical word, right? If yes. someone says, I want to talk to you about an opportunity and we're like, let's, let's sit down and talk. And then next thing, you know, we're opening up a uh, Keller Williams market center, downtown Lincoln park. Since that time, we've had the opportunity to combine forces and merge with two other uh, Keller Williams broke uh, brokerages offices. And, you know, now we're at Keller Williams one Chicago. We have about 500 agents just taking market share and continuing to grow, not to be number one, to be number one, but to really truly change the landscape of real estate with this mindset of abundance saying, hey, we can share and help each other out, right? So, so that's what we started. And now, now we're on this journey and it's, and it's awesome. Well, a, a couple of things you said that like completely resonate to my core, my soul of who I am is a uh, mindset of abundance. Like yes. people lie, numbers don't. It's statistically proven that the world is grossly underserved in areas of real estate, financial services, education, et cetera. The list is just infinite, right? Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about philanthropy today too. But um, mindset of abundance really resonates for me. And that's why I think I've just loved watching your story explode uh, like a virus, actually terrible analogy, but that's what I think. (laughs) I just like, it's insane what y'all have done in the last 10 years that I've known you over a half billion dollars in sales. Yeah. Tell me about 600 million to be exact, but please correct me all day. (laughs) Correct me all day. 600 plus million. 
tell me about a time when it didn't go right for you, what you took away from that, that has helped yeah. you get to where you are today. Tell me about a time it didn't go well. L listen, here's what I'll say. And not that I can't think of specific moments, but what's more important in that question is that whenever we meet with someone that's newer to the industry, right? I'll, we'll, we'll always have this conversation and it leads to this. It leads to the gap between, so let's say your day one realtor to us. What you see in us as successful, the gap is two things. One is information, knowledge base. And that gap can get caught up in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, right? There's yes. the, the, the art of the transaction itself it's not brain surgery or rocket science, right? That gap can get met up. Where the gap that can't get met up is what people deem as experience, but really what that means is this. The difference between you and myself is just that Josh and I, we've fallen on our face way more times than you have, yeah. right? We've made and failed forward making these mistakes and learning, right? The key to this though, right, is... For me, and this comes from a little bit of, of my parents, right? Being first generation in this country and watching two immigrants come here with nothing and really provide and, and, and set me up for success. It comes to this. It's, there's a great Nelson Mandela quote I love that talks about fear, saying uh, uh, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's overcoming it, right? The one that's courageous is the one that has overcome fear. And how we've overcome fear is having this mindset that nothing is beneath us. We are not above anything, right? If we try something new, we're not afraid to take the first step into it. Because if we fall on our face and our business fails, then you know what? We are not above applying for a job as a barista at Starbucks, signing up as a Grubhub delivery guy, right? For us, it's just the same reason why we want that play to be drawn up for us to take that last shot. Not because we're so confident that we're going to make it, but we're not afraid to miss it because if we miss it, all we have to do is grab that offensive rebound. And you know what happens when that happens? We get another 24 get another seconds shot. to run. We get 24 seconds to run our offense. And that's what it's about. That's how, we've, that's how we continue to stay learning base and fail forward, right? And be able to take these chances because we know we're going to grab that offensive board. And eventually, with enough 24 seconds, we're going to score. And we're going to put digits on that scoreboard, right? And, 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 you know, I was at the Michigan state Indiana game last night and the game was tied all the way down to like the last three minutes of the game. And, and what was the difference maker offensive rebounds by the yeah. Spartans? That was it. I That's mean, it. The, it was incredible. And, and, and all of a sudden they end up winning the game by like eight to 10 points. It was tied the whole game. So, I mean, what, what a great analogy that just is a very representative of, of sports, of business, but of just life in general. Josh. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> for us, well, for one, that's Tommy so spot on. Literally, I've made more mistakes in the last probably nine months than ever before. And I'm learning from every single one of them. As Tommy said, we're failing forward. Here's what I'll say is has been, we're getting more clarity every day though, right? So when I, what I mean by that is this, when we started Weinberg Choi 14 years ago, we did it for all the right reasons, right? We knew, we knew basically that we wanted to go into, we knew in college, we wanted to go into business together. We just didn't know what we wanted to do. And, and like I said, 07 came around. I was in real estate working for a builder, selling all new construction. Tommy was in IT technology sales. Everyone was coming to us for advice, right? So they were asking us questions because I was in real estate. We both owned our homes and we had a passion for real estate. But what happened was, is right when we started, we started because we were like, okay, cool. We can start. We, we love the idea of entrepreneurial mindset. We love the idea of being able to help people. We knew that if we always did it the right way and always put our client's best interest first, the sky's the limit, right? So we started it for all the right reasons and we always did it for all the right reasons. What has changed from us starting it to be able to build a business and impact people's lives and to be able to do it the right way because we knew we were doing it the right way. We could look ourselves in the mirror and say, we know we put our client's best interest first. None of that's changed. What has parlayed and compounded to that? What, what 
fills our bucket, what fuels our fire, what we get high off of is seeing other people's success. And what I mean by that is, is now like people on our team, you know, and our mission, I'll share our mission with you. Our mission is to, build leg is to build legacies for our clients, our team, our friends and family through delivering and supporting their perfect real estate experience, right? And it's very simple. If there's ever a question like, hey, Tommy, what are your thoughts on this? He can just say, hey, does it support our client's perfect real estate experience? If yes, we do it. If no, we don't. But it's also, hey, building legacies and supporting our team and achieving everything they ever thought of and more. Things they never even realized were possible. And there's people on our team who have become leaders and, and, and done things that they always dreamed of. And I'm not saying it's because of Tammy or I or because of the other leaders on our team. It's because they're in an environment where people really truly do want to see them succeed and want everything them to be the best version of themselves. So where I say our why has changed, it's what fills our bucket is like when we can share and when we can see people's lives be impacted at a very high level. So I think part of that's come from us failing, part of us coming from making more mistakes than someone else and getting into the mindset that it's, instead of shifting the mindset from, hey, we shouldn't do that because it may not work out. It's like, let's do it. And if it, and if we, and if it doesn't work as planned, then, then we're gonna learn from it and we're gonna adapt. You know, there's a, a bunch of things you said, but let, I want to hammer down on one thing because I'm really curious on what your response would be. So as financial advisors, we often, when we're communicating with a client around the vision they have for their life and architecting the perfect financial plan, we, we talk about the significance of the decision you make around real estate and the home, the, 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 the small bubble in which you, you raise your family and you create millions of experiences, right? That eventually become your legacy based on the people that you leave behind on this planet. 100%. Why, why do you think it is that so many people lower their bar of expectations from a realtor? Why? Because as an advisor on, in a different industry, you know, we chronically hear these stories of like, yeah, I bought the, because we ask, you know, who's the attorney? Who's the accountant? Who's the real estate agent, right? And 50% and, and, and of the time or better, the stories are mediocre about the, why do people lower their standards or lower what they believe they deserve in the real estate experience? And I ask this because, Josh, I heard you say the perfect real estate experience for you. That moved me. It made me want to like, I, I'm in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, but I, I'd like to buy something in Chicago someday. And you're yeah. my guy. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. You know what I'll say? And I'd love, and Tommy, feel free to chime in. What I'll say is this. It's like anything else. It's all about perspective. Okay. One, to answer your question about why someone might lower their standards. Some might. So there's different, there's no right or wrong. I think it's what's right for each individual. And so I think that there's some people that may have, say, hey, I wanna go this route on who I work with to support my real estate needs. And that may be the right fit for them or they might think it is. But it's just like anything else, right? Um, you know, the artwork behind Tommy, right? It might be the same price or way more expensive than another piece of artwork, but there's a reason why someone's willing to pay more for a certain artwork if it's by a certain either artist or has a certain design, it's no different than real estate where someone's willing to pay a premium to have the best level of service, right? And so I think to that point is, I don't, I can't speak, it's so hard because from the perspective of, I know I would pay up for that, mm -hmm. but I can't speak, I, I can understand because it's just perspective. I can't understand why someone wouldn't want to either. And it's not even necessarily always a costing, but it might be perception. I think what I'm ultimately saying is it's all about perspective and for, for no different than someone's perfect real estate experience, right, Manny? Your perfect real estate experience might be totally different than what Tommy's are is. And even though Tommy knows what his is, by understanding yours, it's a better chance of delivering that experience for you. Does that make sense? And so- 100%, as soon as you went to understanding specifically what mine is, and I, and my experience has always been because of all our mutual friends, who many are your clients, has always been that what people typically walk away from the table with after going through a transaction with you is that there was a genuine, authentic desire to understand the most important mm -hmm. things to me and get me the most reasonably fair transaction transaction without a bunch of chaos. Is that right? 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I'm going to repackage your question, Manny, because please, what it is, it's not so much that people are lowering the bar on standards. What it is, is that a lot of consumers out there, they have, um, they're, they are not putting enough weight on the entire process, right? This is the, mm. for most people and the majority of Americans, their home is their single largest asset that 100%. they own, right? Yeah. But there's two things that have changed to dumb down this process to make it feel like anyone can do it, right? And one is four letters, HGTV, Okay. <laughs> Everyone watches these shows and thinks, oh, this is easy. I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to fix it or flip it, or I'm going to, you know, a property or whatever, house hunters and whatnot. Like, hey, I can totally do this, right? Which Josh so, was on. Which Josh was on <laughs> twice. So there's that piece of it, right? And then the other piece of it is this thing. This thing has revolutionized oh. everything, right? The internet yeah. and this mobile device. The access to data is at the fingertips of the consumers. That doesn't mean anything, right? I We all can log on to WebMD, right? And we can self-diagnose ourselves, but does that cure our ailments? Does yeah. that get us to yeah. finding out what's wrong with us? Of course not. And so that's where I think why people try and take shortcuts on this. We obviously... Yeah have a really good market share and foothold and the people that come to us respect us and look at us as advisors because that's what we are, right? But it is it is the general consumer, just a miseducation. So that's where it's so important to be able to sit down and speak with a professional to really understand this process. Because once again, this is your single greatest asset. There's so many people today that because of one piece of real estate, they were able to compound and build generational wealth for their family through it, right? It's so important. And so those two pieces, I think, is what's really almost dumbed down this process where people feel like, oh, yeah, I think I can navigate and figure this out. Well, and look, let, let's, um, let's stay on something you just said for a second because it really resonates with me. I mean, generational wealth. I mean, I... I got to tell you, I mean, how, how many realtors are actually out in the marketplace educating and providing information to encourage creating generational wealth versus simply selling or getting a house bought? Yeah, I right? mean, that's, that that's, that's it. Totally. There's, there's it, for a lot shit. of people, for a lot of people, it's very transactional and that's okay, right? Because this, this is, right. it's, it's a trade, right? What separates the great from the mediocre are the ones that are looking at it at a deeper level, right? Making sure that we are establishing and pouring into people's legacies, right? Making sure that we are protecting this because at the end of the day, listen, at the core, I always tell this to people, right? My grandpa, he immigrated here in the seventies to the North side of the city, Irving Park and Lincoln. And he came here, obviously he came here for opportunity, but a big piece of that opportunity for him was to one day own his own home. And it wasn't from the standpoint of the practical sense of having a roof over his head, okay? For him, it was 1 million percent solely pride. He wanted to put his stake in the ground and say, this piece of Chicago, this piece of America yeah. was his because he worked his ass off to purchase this. And so he reminded me this at a very, very young age, right? That because I was born here, homeownership isn't a guarantee. It's not a right. It's a privilege that you have to work hard to achieve and work even harder to maintain, right? As a little kid, I just thought he was my senile old grandpa. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't understand this, right? But that's at the core of why Josh and I and our team is able to build off this foundation. This goes beyond, right? If you are my client, you're not a unit. You're not a transaction. Right. You're Manny who worked hard that wants to become a homeowner or trade up his assets. So I want to show you a fair return so that you can continue to snowball and, and build bigger and bigger legacy. 
And Josh, I don't even, I don't know if you remember, but I, I met Tommy through our friend Amir and uh, Syed, who's yeah. just a beast in his own right. And uh, Tommy and I hooked up at the uh, Virgin Atlantic Hotel, the Virgin Hotel, Virgin Hotel, when it first opened up in Chicago. And Tommy walked in, and it was probably one of the first times in my early 30s that I felt like I, I, I think he is the much bigger man in this conversation today. <laughs> and I was like blown away. He talked to me about his it, grandfather. Physically? Were you talking about my no, waistline? Bro. Okay. No, bro. We're the same size. We could swap suits and you know that. Uh, but we talked about your parents and we talked about that story. And we talked about uh, the American dream being what unites all of us. Yeah. Whether uh, we're recent immigrants or hundreds of years ago immigrants, and and you talked about the 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 privilege of owning a home someday. I was like, how how is he like this at such a young age? It was just Jedi stuff, and I was just mesmerized by the belief systems you had around selling being about serving others and adding value to others and helping their dreams come true. You just mentioned team. I want to ask Josh, Josh, talk to me about how, I mean, in, in the last five to eight years, your team size has tripled. Talk to me about the characteristics that you're looking for in the types of people that belong on your team, in your culture, attacking your vision. So there's, there's a couple things to hit on here. Culture, which we'll talk about in a sec, okay? And that is literal, that, that's literally it. Um, but I'll, what I will tell you is this. Tommy and I have said this for years, okay? There's an X factor. The X factor that we have, and that's part of our, first of all, it's, we literally are family, okay? And in a non-COVID world, we're spending more time during the week with our team than we are with our family. So you have to thoroughly love and enjoy being around the people you want to be that you're spending that time with. You know, yeah. there's an X factor that Weinberg Choi has, and that's a Tommy Choi, right? There's no other Tommy Choi in this world. Well, there is another Tommy Choi in real estate, but it's not this Tommy Choi. And sometimes Tommy will like get hit up or the other Tommy Choi actually will be like, dude, this person reached out to me. I think they were trying to reach out to you. But anyways, okay, there's four things, okay? There's four things that any who anytime anyone reaches out to, about joining our family, and we are so grateful that so many introductions are made to us for people that want to join our family, whether it be on the operation side, like, or the growth and production side of the business, right? There's four things. But, but I, before we even talk about those four things, when I get on the call with anyone who's interested in joining our family, one and first and foremost, is about honesty and transparency. And I think that might sound cliche. But what I'll say is this. Tommy and I have known each other for a long time. And when we decided to get into business together, you know, we knew that there's enough other craziness and BS that goes on in, in business and just in, on in the world, right? Like, look at the world we're living in right now. The one thing that literally is the foundation, if you can trust your partner and partners and teammates and family members at the highest level, all the other stuff will fall into place. But if you can't trust each other on even the littlest things, and I share this with anyone who I'm talking with about joining our family, and they say, hey, you know, and, and they're talking, I, let, I get to learn about them, and then I share what's important to us. There's four things, but before I even talk about those four things, I say, look, no matter how small or how big it is, we need to be able to be honest and trust each other. So for example, if there's a day you need a day to just go and go to a Cubs game, do it. But don't tell me you're yeah. sick, and then I find out, I watch you on, see you on TV like Ferris Bueller, right? Like, it's like, we, we got to be, if we can trust each other about those littlest things, it doesn't like, if we're, we're all going to run late for a meeting, no worries, but yes. just be honest. Because when I go to have your back, when somebody reaches out to me or someone, some either another realtor in our industry or someone in an office, whatever it is, I know I can trust you a million percent. So I have your back. Right. So it's the foundation starts with that. The four key things. And I think this is before we, this is like, if not all four of these boxes aren't checked, then we don't even move on to continue the conversation through our career vision process. Number one is being in culture. And I'll speak to culture in a bit, but what I mean by that is sharing our belief system and giving back to the community, right? Yes. Manny, no joke. I, I, I can confidently say this to you. I would put our team up, our, the culture and mindset and family mindset of our team, I put us up against any team in any industry, any sport, anything, not just real estate, 
We say we have the best culture. Why do I say that? Literally, there's things, anything and everything people do for on our team for each other. They do it because they sincerely want to because they are passionate about helping them. They don't do it because they want or expect anything in return. They do it because they sincerely love that person. And there's a million examples. So when you say like, what are you a culture of? I will share that. But to me, culture can be explained in words, but no matter what, right? So we, Tommy and I tend to, relate everything to music and sports because we love music and sports, right? So Pearl like- Jam. Pearl Jam, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a culture in and of itself, right? But you talk about you talk about that and you're like, okay, nobody, everyone might know the dynamic of, let's just use the Patriots, for example, okay? For this example, the Patriots, obviously, you know how awesome it is. You, if you step into that locker room, love them or hate them, you know if you play for Bill Belichick and that organization, what the standards are and what the expectations are, right? Yes. None of us truly, truly, truly get it unless you're part of that locker room. So what I'm saying is this, throughout our market center and throughout Chicagoland and throughout the nation, people know the, the dynamic and culture and special feel that our team has, but nobody totally gets it unless you're part of the family. The way that our team makes me feel, I can't put it into words. I can try to sit here and explain it, but yeah. I can't. Well, you know what? Here's the thing about culture too is that culture is something you can't see or touch or read. It's something that's felt. And so how you feel that culture is that you have to talk about it. And for us, everything is a system. So as weird as this sounds, we've systemized our culture. What does that mean, right? That means we go around and we ask everyone this sentence, Weinberg Choi Residential, is a culture of blank and you fill in the blank, right? Because your people have to be the one that feel the culture and tell the culture, right? Yeah. So Weinberg Choi, one of our cultural points, foundational points is Weinberg Choi is a culture of celebrating. We celebrate huh. milestones when we have successful sales goals achieved, yeah. successful admin systems launched. We celebrate when it's your birthday. But it, we have to take it beyond that if you want the culture to be sustainable. What does that mean? And how do we do it? Well, it means that we're going to do a monthly birthday lunch for everyone that has a birthday in that month. When we hit our goals, we're going to go monthly, have a fun night out celebrating, right? It means yeah. that annually we're going on a trip, right? It has to be all spelled out because in the last 10 years, the, especially with this whole startup tech boom and craze, the idea and definition of culture has gotten miscommunicated, right? Where people start to think that culture means having a keg on tap at your office and like electric scooters that you can ride from conference room to conference room. That's not culture, right? Because being able to play Papa Shot is not culture. That's just, cool, you know, dog, dog and pony show, yeah. right? Yeah. Culture is understanding what your company is about. And when that moment happens, everyone knowing what needs to happen to reinforce that culture, right? And that's what Josh is saying that what we've done and that's how we continue to grow and retain talent, right? Because we're, we're all on the same page and we dig a moat around our culture and make sure that, you know, and here's how, here's how the culture comes out and reciprocates, right? This past uh, year, right? When things were getting murky and we were in shelter in place and, and, you know, buildings weren't able to, we're not allowed to show properties and all these things are going on. And everyone, everyone remembers that time, right? We're like, wow, what does this mean? Right? Culture showed up on our team when we had people from our admin team reach out to Josh and I and say, Hey, I can't even imagine as the leaders of our team, what you're going through and the mental weight you have right now. I just want you to know, if it helps everyone else out, you can pause my pay for a little bit, right? If, if, you, if it helps, you can bump me down a little and whatnot. Did we do that? Of course not. But who yeah. volunteers to do that? Few. That's, that's when culture shows up. And that's when the, yeah. I mean, I got emotional during those times when, 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 you know, we had our team members reaching out and telling us that the most selfless thing, but it's protecting the moat that we dug around what is the Weinberg Joy culture? That's family. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the other thing. It's like, right. When the, when the, when everything's going smooth, when, when, when the going, when everything's showing up and clicking on all cylinders, culture still matters. 
where it shines through is when the going gets rough, right? Cause it's yeah. going to go one way or the others and ours shine through in the past year. You know, I'd say, you know, people always ask culture doesn't come from just one or two or five people on our team. It might start with one or two or three people. It's brought home and delivered by everyone on the team. So I want to share, I'll share the four things. It's culture, the vision, right? The vision. And what I mean by that is we share our growth chart and show where the path is for someone and let people know that are reaching out to us to join our families. This is something we're building and creating and curating together. And although we've been in business for 14 years, we feel like we're just scratching the surface. So it's the vision of where we're going together and them being us being aligned. Number three is talent. I think mm. the word talent gets thrown around a lot, right? So I know obviously you're a big, you're a big Michigan State fan, right? I am. Okay. So let's talk about Izzo for a second, okay? I think we can agree is Izzo, I mean, or who, who is your favorite athlete or coach or t- talk to me about someone that you love. It doesn't have to be Michigan state. Oh gosh. I mean, uh, like obsession, uh, Mike Singletary, junior Seau, um, coach Cower, uh, you know, yeah, there is, it, there's a long list, right? I mean, you know, Michael Jordan, I mean, gosh, you know, we grew up in Chicago. We we've got, uh, thousands of examples, but, you know, to your point of where you're going with Michigan State, you know, being newer to Michigan and really just building an affinity to Michigan State and what I know of it because of my partner, Paul Davis, who played for Izzo back in the early 2000s. I mean, as I've gotten to know Coach Izzo and the people around him, I'm, I'm just like, how th- this person is a legend, alive, on earth mm-hmm. now, yeah. walking. Yeah incredible yeah so when, when you you hear the word talent thrown around a lot right like someone oh they're talented or they're not well the thing is talent is think about it this way let's use mj for an for an example okay or Izzo. it doesn't matter clearly michael jordan on the basketball court was the best person ever to play the game and i know you could argue kobe or lebron but for per, come with me for a sec he was the best person to play that the, the game and it's the best role. He's the best at it. And it's the best role for him. You put him on the baseball field and obviously he's better than the average person, but clearly he was not the best person in the world at baseball. So when yes. we talk about talent, okay, it's the person being in the best role that plays up to their strengths, where it's the best role for them. And they're the best in the world at it. Mm-hmm. And I can confidently say everyone on our team is literally the best, not just in Chicago. They're literally the best in the world at their role. Right. And and it's the best role for them. The fourth thing, so we talked about culture, talent, culture, vision, and talent. This is equally or more important. I think this is where a lot of people forget about it. It's being in a role that fuels your fire to wake up and come in every day and doing it with people you love. And here's the difference between the first three and all four. If someone's in culture, they share the vision, their talent, but they're not in a role that they love, we're finding a replacement for that person three months, six months, a year down the road compared to when they check off all four of those boxes, they're finding their replacement two or three or four years down the road because they're stepping into another role within our organization. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So if someone, so if those four things, so when you say like, what is it about our team? It really is culture is our foundation, but those four things are so key. And if someone isn't the right, the right person and they're aligned, but they're not the right role, then we're going to find the right role for them within our family. And if not, and if we just don't have that, we're either going to connect that we're going to connect them with someone that does because we truly want to impact their lives. And we may keep them and say, hey, when we have that opportunity, we're going to reach back out to you. Tommy, so so Josh talked about culture. What's the vision? The, the vision is when our mission comes to fruition, it's being the, 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 choi- the team and real estate company of choice, not just for our, our clients and consumers to work with, but for realtors to be a part of our team, right? When, when our mission comes to fruition and happens, that's what we are. We are the team of choice when it comes to real estate. They, um, they, they, uh, they, they often say, many people actually say that the, the best leaders, the best servant leaders uh, build and grow through their people they get the best out of their people. You know, I'm hearing that a lot in Josh's comments. Um, either of you, it, talk to me about one or two of the simple things that you've learned and that you do that puts you in a position to win 
by building and growing and serving your people? I think the biggest thing is listening. You have to listen uh, and be open to uh, feedback, right? Coming from a place of curiosity, as we say, right? Putting the fish on the table to be able to have these open and honest conversations. And when then when you listen, the other piece of this to allow your people to win is you have to stay out of their way. Mm. You have to mm. not let the things you can't do get in the way of the things you can do, right? And it's those people that you've trusted as A plus talent that are all in, you got to get out of the way and let them do what you brought them on to do. And so those two pieces are huge, right? Not just for the growth of the organization, but the personal growth and development of your people. What's, um, what's something you think that you've learned in the last year, given the pandemic, that, you know, 24 months ago wasn't even on your radar, either about your industry, about your people, or about serving uh, your client? Well, the biggest thing I, I've learned is, well, I, I've always known this, but that like everyone in a time like this really just wants to know that they're, they, everyone needs to be loved on. Honestly, like everybody, doesn't matter what, who you are or what it might come off as or who, what your role is. Every one of our clients, we made the decision very quickly that we had to pivot from the way we were doing things and because we didn't know, especially last March, like think about what we didn't know, pretty much everything at that time. We, we did know is that we needed our clients to know that we got their back, that every decision we make is going to support what's best for them, and that we just need to love on people. So literally, we just shifted and pivoted to just loving on people, being there and letting them know we are here for you, not just with real estate. Honestly, real estate was more of a result. That wasn't even what our purpose of calling and reaching out was. So we've learned that. What I've also found is literally nothing can replace, although we need to, we are in a different world and, and this in the virtual world might be something ongoing for a while. Nothing replaces the feeling of, of us three sitting in an actual room together right now and having this conversation. 100%. This is number, maybe the second best option, but like people are yearning from that, for that. And even though some people are like, wow, I'm, I'm used to, it. I don't ever need to go back to an office. That might be the case for some, but like there are a lot of people who mentally and physically need that. You know, here's the thing to, to Josh's yeah. point about how, you know, we had to just pivot conversations to checking in, loving on people. Um, that being said, a, a huge um, aha during this time, personally for me, is that, you know, what I learned when you're checking on, whether it's clients, your, your data bank, or your, your staff and your family and whatnot, what I learned is this, that you cannot give what you do not have, right? You cannot give what you do not have. And so we as leaders naturally want to pour into our people, yes. constantly make sure they're good. But at the same time, we need to have someone pour into us, right? We need to make sure that our bucket is filled. Otherwise, we have nothing to give to our people. And there's so many people that rely and depend on us as our leaders and it's imperative that you have to have someone you rely and depend on, right? Whether that is a therapist, a mentor, or whatever, it's so important, right? Because that comes down to that mental health. So you cannot give what you do not have. So you have to always constantly be checking your reserves to make sure that's filled. Outside of that, though, and this, this might sound really weird, but there's nothing new that we learned during this time business-wise, meaning this. Everything that we've done to make us successful and get us to the place we are today is what we continue to do <laughs> these last 12 months in quarantine, right? There's a great yeah. Zen philosophy that I love, and it, and it goes, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, right? And what that means is... In our industry, right, when you first come in, right, especially to our team, our, our first 90 days are, are focused solely on establishing your foundation, focusing on those day-to-day -day activities of lead generation, creating a database, 
making phone calls, setting face-to-face -face meetings, hosting events, right? Following up with people. In the beginning, these activities come off and become very, very mundane because most of us, we're primarily focused on the future, right? Yes. And in our world, the future is the closing table, closing that deal, getting that paycheck, celebrating. And instead of being focused on the present day activities, we're off in the future, right? And that's how we're generally wired to always be chasing success. And so for us, and this is what we think separates the, the best from the good, is that the great ones have a self-realization that the success, once they've obtained it, was due to those day-to-day -day activities. And that's when chopping wood and carrying water, that realization kicks in that these day-to-day -day activities don't become mundane. They stop being mundane and they become exhilarating, right? You're excited to come in and make those calls because you know that's what led you to enlightenment. And so even though we couldn't see people face-to-face -face and whatnot, that's what we did day in and day out in quarantine, chop wood, carry water. And that's the foundational piece that continues to grow on. So it's not like we refuse to learn. There was nothing to learn because we just continue to do what we did to get to where we are today. Yeah, I, I love that. And so you obviously know that I'm going to repurpose that. Well, not repurpose it. I'm going to use it exactly the way you said, chop wood and carry water. But I'm thinking about uh, when you share that, I'm thinking about mentors and advocates, right? Mentors and advocates. And I'm thinking, hey, Aaron, Tesha, right? Incredible, incredible. Yes. Forget about it. They're in their, in their own stratosphere in life, in their impacts and influences and what they've done to, to be the foundation for each of you. But who else outside of your family and your uh, beautiful children have been a mentor advocate that you'd say, this person, man, this person had an impact? Yeah, I'll go. There's a few. Um, one is, uh, well, for me, my parents. Um, and, and actually my brother and sister, all of them are huge mentors first of all they're our biggest fans right our family's always been big supportive of us of us um but just not only their experience but they all bring something different to the table right no one's going to care about you as much as your family does right and every time they reach Hope out so. right yeah I, that's something that I, I you know it's easy not to take for granted but not to realize when it's been when that's been going on your whole life but what i realize is is that's just that's not everyone maybe doesn't have that um, and, and it's, and it's from different perspectives and it's my mom because she sees things from a different perspective and it's my dad and brother and sister. Cause they look at it from the business perspective. Um, so all of them are coach. We have a coach. Um, I have two coach. We have two, co I have two coaches now, but one of our coaches, Ashley, you know, she was that, that aha Tommy shared about like us needing to like really to be able to pour into others. We need to be able to, we need, it's hard to pour yes. into others when you can't, that was a big aha that went off for me in the last year during all this. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that we're proud that we're, that we're blessed and honored and proud to call mentors and friends. I mean, I'll say for one is Tommy for me, right? Um, we compliment each other really well. There's a million things he's better at than I am. And that's part, that's a huge reason why that yin and yang, right. Has been so impactful. Um, I said, that's the X factor, right? There's no other, no one can replace Tommy. There's so many things he brings to the table. Uh, how he can just put things in perspective for people, how he's impacted my life. Um, put professionally aside, right? There's a lot of, you know, you talk about partners and going into business with someone. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of successful people. You have to be so aligned. Um, and uh, to have someone who, who just gets you at the highest level, we could have a text thread going on and literally be talking about 20 different things and I'll write back. I don't even need that new iPhone uh, option where I can like click on the comment and reply to it. We could be talking about 20 different things and he'll know what it is. So yeah, I mean, he's just- That's awesome. There, there's no other Tommy Choi in this world, man. And he impacts everyone. He does things for others uh, with no expectation or no hope or wanting anything in return. He does it because he sincerely wants to help others. And it's, it's amazing. So yeah, there's a million other people, man. I, we don't have time for me to even of share- Of course. A lot. We, 
we're very blessed. Very, very blessed. Tommy, give me a, give me a few. And then we're going to attempt to wrap it up because I know your schedules are tight today. Yeah. So here's what I'd say that I, I won't give you specific names, but here's, you know, there's when I think when you ask that question, I think about that awesome uh, Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena speech that oh. he gave, right? You know, the only people that matter are the ones that are on on the field with you, right? And so something 100%. I always say is like, you know, the only people that matter are the people in my locker room and the people in my rock, locker room. There's three types of people that could be in your locker room. It's like, you know, especially being in quarantine when I when I was eating like a frozen pizza every other day, you sit down finally <laughs> right? You're going to have the one person that's going to be like, oh my gosh, you look great. You know, just straight up lie to your face and, you know, uh, just, you know, not even be honest. That person's on the locker room, right? Then there's a person that, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I, I, I gained like a couple LBs. I feel like I got to work out. And they're like, no, you know, it's not too bad, but you know, maybe you just, uh, you, you just, change your wardrobe a little and, you know, and you do this and wear different colors, right? <laughs> that person's on my locker room. The no. person that's in my locker room is when we sit down before I can even say hello, they're saying, dude, you look chubby. Like what <laughs> happened? Like, are you exercising? <laughs> right. Keeping it 100, keeping it real and holding me accountable. Right. Those are the people that I want in my locker room that are in the arena that I'm going to listen to feedback. Right. I don't want people chirping from the cheap seats that have no idea what it's like to suit up and get on field. Right. So yes. those are the mentors that I lean on, right. They're going to give me that honest feedback and come from a place of love. Right. Yeah. Versus tell me what I want to hear, stroke my ego and make me look like a fool. Right. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> you just like flashbacked me to like a hundred different experiences of mine in Chicago with a lot of our mutual friends where, you know, someone, I'm not going to use names either, would say, you know what, I, I just, I can't refer to you because I already refer to these two people. Or, hey, I would have loved to have had you there, but I needed to have these two people. And you know what? I love those people. Yeah. I, I loved it that they said that to me. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of just the, ridiculous love and gratitude I have for my brothers who have always been 100% real, no matter what, no matter what. And that's powerful. I love, I love that you shared that. And look, I, I know we're tight on time, but I, I wanted to at least close out by asking you, look, 600 million plus in sales, you just, you just started the marathon. I love it. It's just unbelievable. You're playing the infinite game. Tell me where the puck is going for Weinberg Choi and wrap it up with how people get in, can get in touch with you uh, if they need your help, which I know a lot of people do. So I'm not going to name where yet. Uh, so get your popcorn ready and we will, we will let you know when we're doing it, but we are going to be expanding um, to other markets, both locally within areas here of Chicago that we've already started our expansion to outside of downtown Chicago, which has been on our growth chart for years and it works out timing wise perfect. And we will be, we will be expanding to another market as well. Not because awesome. it sounds cool or because it just like makes us look big. It's because it's for the right reasons. We have the right people um, to that, to, to expand and, and, and build something and impact more people's lives with. Um, but from that perspective, right, we're thinking bigger because we are looking five years down the road and then reverse engineering. So really it's like that, 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 those are the things that are, those are the next, next dominoes to fall. We're building out also, um, we're, we're building out a couple of divisions that are part of our company that um, we'll be able to support our clients at an even higher level and be able to make it more scalable. We have the operations team that's already done that. Um, so those are, those are the next things, but there's, it's expansion. Yeah. Love GC. it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just continuing to, to do what we do and, and to Josh's point, right. We, we are so intentional and purposeful, right. The words we put out there, what we say, how we think, you know, Josh mentioned it. We have our org chart. We know what we look like five years from now. Right. Sure, will yes. that we tweak it a little bit or whatnot, 
But to us, right, these things have already happened. We're just waiting for time to catch up to us now, you know? And so we're just going to continue to pour into this and pour into what we've continued to do, our team, our culture, and, and, and continue to just make a difference, pour into people's legacies here. And so, you know, the scary thing is this. The game hasn't even started yet. We're still pregame stretch, know. you know? know? So it, it, same thing with you. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's going to no, be I'm fun. A, I'm a lot older than you guys. But, yeah, thank you for saying that. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to end this without you telling me three charities of choice. You know I love you guys for that. You set the yeah. standard. Um, you know, I, I think my, I mean, I just think about our upbringing, you know, Tommy and I, you know, we share that story, uh, an abundance of everything, faith, family, gratitude for the freedom of this great country. And just my dad building us into little ferocious competitors, but, but without a lot of financial resources at a young age, you know, when you don't have the power of choice, it's, it's tough. It's tough, especially as a young child. And so I just love love, 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 and love on you and love all over you and, and say in, you know, incredible things about you in rooms you will never be in because of the example you set around philanthropy and charity, three charities of choice. We love you, brother. So here's the thing about six, seven years ago, we started this thing called 365 days of giving, right? And that was our charitable focus for the Weinberg Troy team. And it's giving back 365 days a year. What does that look like? Every month, we support a local nonprofit in three ways, right? It's either influence, right? Sharing the message, yes. the vision about them, raising capital, donations, right? Or giving sweat equity, right? Volunteering times, you know, man hours within the organization to make a difference. Uh, one organization that's near and dear to Josh and I's heart is, a, is uh, an organization called the Nora Project. And what they're doing is incredible is... It's creating awareness and, and teaching empathy to children, young children in the classroom, right, towards each other, whether it's a child that has some sort of physical or mental hurdle or challenge, right, that makes them a little bit different, figuring out ways how you can build that empathy together and, and the results they're seeing are incredible, right? And it makes me, especially all three of us being fathers, so just happy to what the future, right? What this world we're handing over to our children when we have these children in these classrooms that are learning this. Uh, they're ones that we support for a long time. Obviously, Habitat for Humanity locally in Chicago yes. is one that we've done in a while to the point where we've literally finished off an entire block of homes in the Pullman neighborhood. And that was an awesome feat to do. Obviously, we couldn't do that this past year in quarantine. Uh, J-Dubs, what's another one that, that you like that we've uh, supported? There's so many. Yeah, I mean, you know, one that we've had that we've done for years that has really been impactful is the Lincoln Park Food Pantry. Yeah. And it's been oh. awesome. It's yep. awesome because uh, not only are we getting to give back in the community we serve, and that's that's the big purpose behind 365 Days of Giving, but we also get to do all the all of our all of our all of our philanthropic <laughs> events we're doing with our team, with our clients and with people, other people in the community. So like we have gone to the Lincoln Park Food Pantry and made lunches for people. We've also done it together as a team at our office or at one of our teammates' homes where we've made lunches and brought it there. So it's such a great way. It's such a great yeah. team building event. And that's, that's been one that, I, that really stands out. And we, and we had the, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank you, uh, Manny and Samantha and Ava and Atlas, because you've always supported uh, not just, you know, uh, with spreading the word of mouth of what we do in that, but also putting your money where your mouth is literally and supporting financially. I know this past winter, we had a big, um, big uh, ask for uh, Cradles of Crayons, another yeah, awesome I love, nonprofit, I love that one. right? And we I did a, we, we put out a huge match and you, you were very generous, you guys with your uh, contribution. So we're always grateful for your continued support in that too. It's, uh, um, anyways, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's that it's easy to jump in and be a part of just incredible things like that. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, right, uh, you know, thanks for setting the 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 tone and having a vision that uh, that we can all be a part of the solution and of just progress. It doesn't yeah. even have to be the solve, but just are we progressing as humanity? 
right? Are we adding value and moving the ball down the field or are we not? And uh, I'm just, you know, very grateful for your friendship and for the example that you set. Look, folks need to know, how do they get a hold of you? You can get a hold of us. Either go to our website, WeinbergChoi, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-C-H-O-I.com. Um, better yet, though, hit us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, DM us, WeinbergChoi, um, and we'd be more than happy and also honored to be able to support your perfect real estate experience uh, with, with your real estate needs here in Chicago. Josh, any last comment as we wrap? No, we just, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for putting so much positivity and so much good onto the world. I think we could have stayed on here for hours. I feel like we, we, we literally could have kept going and uh, can't wait to see you and your fam in person soon. And uh, yeah, if we can be a resource for anyone, even if it's not real estate related, or even if it is real estate related and it's not in Chicago, if we can just be a resource share, we sincerely, that feel, that literally gets, that makes us feel good. So we want to help you hit us up for anything and everything. And we want to be your go-to. And we honestly want to be there as a resource to answer any questions. So Manny, thank you, man. Can't wait to give you a hug in person soon. For sure, fellas. 14 years in counting. Weinberg Choi powered uh, by Keller Williams, Tommy, Josh. Always awesome. My love to Aaron, Dylan, Page, Tesha, Henley, Mosley, Mayer, uh, the dogs, Yogi and Macy. And uh, next time we are together, uh, let's make sure that we get Amir Syed's crazy rear end with us. I miss that guy. I don't know why when I see you guys, I always think of him. Uh, give him a hug for me if you see him. And Will do. Him love and his entire team as well. Will do, my brother. All right. Have a great week. You. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Later. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Our goal is to bring value to as many people as possible with these conversations. And we need your help to grow the podcast. Please leave a rating and review on Apple with your thoughts on the conversations so far. Thanks in advance. And until next time, keep attacking your life with grit and gratitude. You'll be surprised where it'll take you.